Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug. Have you been feeling overheated, irritable, itchy, and anxious lately? (laughs) Are you in your late 30s or 40s? Then you're going to want to stick around because today we are diving deep into the symptoms of perimenopause, what they are, how they impact our heart health and sanity, mm-hmm. and what we can do to calm them down. I'm Heather Klug. And I'm Bethany DeBrew Adams. And we're from the, the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac, Cardiac Awareness Center, Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And today is part two of our perimenopause series. Yes. Last week, we discussed the many myths surrounding perimenopause and menopause, and we debunked pretty much all of them. Mm-hmm. So today, we are getting into the nitty gritty of perimenopause symptoms, and believe it or not, there are at least 34 of them. Ugh. Oh, Bethany, I'd be lying <laughs> if I said this doesn't make me a little nervous about what's to come. Right. But that's why we're here today, mm-hmm. to get some insight into what these symptoms are and what we can do to lessen them for our own comfort as well as for our health. Why don't you tell our listeners out there what the 34 symptoms are, Bethany? Okay, I get to be the bearer of the bad news, right? I have to say I was a little stunned by the sheer number of these symptoms because Mm -hmm. I think there's a select few that we automatically think about, but there's a whole bunch of others that fit in -hmm. this period of time. So like we talked briefly last week about not everyone suffers from all of these symptoms, obviously, Mm -hmm. and the severity of all symptoms is going to vary from person to person as well. Suffice it to say, there are physical symptoms as well as mental ones, and there are some that are infinitely more common than others. Mm -hmm. So to begin with, the 10 most common perimenopause symptoms, for those of you that remember David Letterman, like top 10 symptoms. Top 10. <laughs> so do you have any guesses as to what one of those is, Heather? Well, I'm sure hot flashes. Yeah, I think that's the one that comes to mind yep. for most people. Hot flashes are right at the top. Then along with that comes night sweats, mm-hmm. obviously. Mood swings. Mm-hmm. Anxiety. Weight gain. Oh, yeah. That's another popular Changes one. in libido. Mm-hmm. Irregular periods. Vaginal dryness sleeping difficulties, Mm. and difficulty with concentration. That sounds like a whole lot of unpleasantness right there. (laughs) Doesn't it? Yeah, and they definitely run the gamut. What about symptoms that have to do with things like our skin or hair? Well, estrogen receptors, as you know, are found in pretty much every area of our body, so it stands to reason that even things like our skin and our hair could be impacted. So some of the changes you may notice are adult acne, dry, itchy skin, Skin, thinning hair, and brittle nails. So far, with the symptoms you've mentioned, I can completely understand why perimenopause is often called a reverse puberty. Right? Sounds I think, so nice, doesn't it? I think it? I've called it that myself. Yes. Yeah. Sounds pretty similar to what I remember going through in my early teens. <laughs> right, except backwards, right? <laughs> yeah. So this last group of symptoms that I'm going to mention falls into the wonderful category of varied and vague, something we've discussed with other conditions like women's heart attacks and strokes. And these are symptoms that might seem like they could be 
be due to a different condition or even just a strange blip in your day. Mm -hmm. But if you start noticing them happening more frequently, you know, start keeping track. Yeah. (laughs) Write them down. Okay. These symptoms include the ever popular fatigue, Mm. dizziness, joint pain, tingling or burning sensation in fingers and toes. Really? Yeah. Oh, because I get that one sometimes. Ooh, interesting. Oh, I did not know that was I didn't either. menopause. Yeah. And I didn't know the dizziness was either. Then there's electric shock feelings. These tend to come after hot flashes, oh. just so you know. A burning sensation in your tongue. Really? A metallic what? taste in your mouth. What? You should see her face, everybody. Bloating, digestive issues, sore breasts Mm -hmm. like you would experience during your period, tight muscles, memory lapses, headaches, irritability, allergies. Allergies? Yeah. Changes in your allergies. You might develop new ones and get rid of some old ones. Mm -hmm. Changes in body odor. Depression, panic disorder, irregular heartbeat, stress incontinence, and osteoporosis. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my gosh. That's a long (laughs) list. And certainly a lot of those symptoms sound like they're very strange, especially the electric shocks and the burning tongue. Right. I can see how people would get really concerned if they were suffering from some of these symptoms. And really how they might be dismissed for having some of them. Right, I know. And I think like fatigue, for example, is one where people are just told, you know, you need to suck it up. Mm -hmm. You got to keep moving, push through it, whatever. So how often do we ignore that feeling of just bone deep fatigue and keep plugging away Mm -hmm. and just kind of push it to the side? But I know that if I have a feeling like I'm getting electric shocks... Uh, that's going to scare me, and I'm going to maybe go talk to my doctor about that, yeah, yeah. and hopefully I won't be dismissed. That's kind of the hope. Like, right. if I tell my doctor, so I'm having this feeling, and then they look at you with that blank stare, yeah. like, yeah. okay, I don't know what that is, so we'll just ignore that okay. for now. I'd like to get back to the first list. Okay. The most common perimenopause symptoms. Right. Because many of those are ones that we can tie directly to heart health. Let's start with the hot flashes. Part of a group of symptoms also known as vasomotor symptoms. Right. We should mention that the other symptoms that fall into that vasomotor category are night sweats, heart palpitations, and changes in blood pressure. Yes, they do. These are called vasomotor symptoms because they relate to the nerves and muscles that cause blood vessels to dilate. 75% of women suffer from these type of symptoms during perimenopause and menopause. And while hot flashes can vary in severity and intensity, they typically last between 5 to 10 minutes. Oh, that, that seems horrible. like a long time. You can tell we haven't really had these yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't think we have anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've had like a few minor sort of ones. I don't feel like it's completely taken over my body and I feel like I've caught it early enough. Right. But they haven't lasted five to ten minutes. <sighs> I know that. So, okay. Anyway, getting back to that. <laughs> they last between five to ten minutes and usually begin in the scalp, face, neck, or chest and are accompanied by flush 
splashing and sweating. Right. They do not sound like fun at all. Mm -mm. And if they look anything like I've seen in TV shows and movies, they don't look fun either. Hot flashes tend to appear in the perimenopausal and menopausal time of life because they're caused by a decrease in estrogen Mm -hmm. and progesterone. And these hormones interfere with how the nervous system controls body temperature. Right. And like we discussed last week, during this time of your life, your hormones tend to be going through some wild ups and downs, which makes you more prone to hot flashes and their sister, night sweats. (laughs) That's what I think I've had at times. I think it's, I don't know if it's more like breaking a fever or Mm. worse than breaking a fever. Okay. Where you wake up just all clammy and wet and gross. I think I've only had one of those so far. But there are other triggers that may aggravate your body into vasomotor symptoms and these include you've maybe heard of these before but we'll just go through these eating spicy foods okay drinking alcohol and coffee wearing too warm of clothing that seems like a no-brainer yeah that one i think is what usually gets me having a high temperature smoking stress oh fun probably more chronic stress sure yes right some medical treatments and drugs especially cancer treatments Mm -hmm. and some health conditions like overactive thyroid diabetes and tuberculosis okay and i'm gonna be a real bummer here because while some women don't experience many hot flashes and they don't experience them for very long. Mm. Research shows that for a lot of women, they can last for several years. Mm. For Caucasian women, Heather, I hate to tell you this, that number is 7 to 10 years. Mm. And for our African-American and Latinx female listeners, the duration tends to be longer, unfortunately. It's a little bit higher in African-American women than Mm -hmm. in Latinx women in particular. But if you're an Asian-American woman, they tend to have hot flashes less frequently than all three of those Hmm. previously mentioned groups. So they they got a little lucky, I guess. That's interesting. I I didn't realize it was that many years, seven to ten. I think we talked about that a little bit maybe in the last podcast episode, but I'm like, I always thought it was just a couple years. Right. (laughs) Seven to ten seems like a a long long time. time. That's like almost a decade. Yeah. This is why recent studies that show that hot flash severity and frequency are connected to underlying heart problems, specifically heart attacks, strokes, and possibly even cognitive decline later in a woman's life are so important. Mm -hmm. Bethany, remember our menopause podcast? last year when we talked with Dr. Galatska about the SWAN study? I do. She mentioned the importance of that study because of how diverse the study group was and how mm-hmm. excellent the ethnic representation was. That study also was one of the first to begin following women in their 40s when they were pre or early menopausal and followed them for 20 years Mm -hmm. versus older studies that asked postmenopausal women more to remember what their hot flashes were like and kind of you don't get the best, most accurate information that way. Your memory might not be as good, right? Right. The findings were very interesting because of all of these factors. Researchers found that women with more frequent hot flashes when they entered the study had double the risk of heart attacks, strokes, and heart failure later in life. Wow. Yeah. These results held even when controlled for major risk factors like smoking, high blood pressure, obesity, and diabetes. Hmm. They also noticed that women with the most persistent hot flashes over the perimenopausal to menopausal transition had an 80% 
greater risk of cardiovascular events such as heart attack and stroke over the 20-year period. Wow. I'd say that hot flashes are definitely an early indicator for heart disease. I'd say you're right. (laughs) As more research is done on perimenopause, I think we're going to see more of these symptoms become linked to cardiovascular disease. That's true. I want to mention another study that researched just that topic that you just mentioned. This was a meta-analysis and it was published in 2016. For those who are unfamiliar with the term, a meta-analysis takes data from several different studies on a similar topic Mm -hmm. and uses statistical methods to calculate, you know, an overall conclusion. Right. So in the case of this study, the objective was to determine whether the presence of menopausal symptoms is associated with the development of cardiovascular disease. And the researchers ended up concluding that women who experience vasomotor symptoms like hot flashes and night sweats were more at risk for developing CVD, but also women who experience depression, anxiety, and panic attacks were also at increased risk. I would think that stands to reason, Mm -hmm. especially the more we learn about mental health and its impact on other health systems in our bodies. Right. I think we can also assume that if one of the symptoms we're dealing with is insomnia, for either, you know, having these night sweats that mm-hmm. wake you up or mm-hmm. just hormone fluctuation, depression, whatever, we may be more at risk for CVD as well. As well as if we start gaining weight as our hormones shift, all of these can play a role in heart health. So the big question is, mm-hmm. what do we do about it? Right. Is there any way that we can try to keep these perimenopausal symptoms down to a dull roar or even, <laughs> you know, crossing fingers, get rid of them altogether? Right. <laughs> I think our listeners aren't going to be surprised when I tell them that the best ways to keep these symptoms under control as much as possible are the same things we talk about regularly to keep your heart healthy. Mm -hmm. If you smoke, get help to quit smoking. Right. Move your body regularly for 30 minutes a day Mm -hmm. or more. Follow a healthy eating plan like the Mediterranean diet or the DASH diet. Learn your numbers for blood pressure, blood sugar, and cholesterol, and speak to your doctor about controlling these conditions with medication, diet, and exercise if needed. And then the last one, keep your body at a healthy weight. Sometimes we sound like a broken record, right? But Mm -hmm. it's an important broken record. Things like exercise can also help improve some mental health issues like depression and anxiety, as well as improve sleep duration and quality. But those are also areas where you may need to speak to your doctor about medication options as well if you aren't feeling an improved mood with, you know, these more basic things. Right. Obviously, we aren't able to talk about every perimenopausal symptom today, (laughs) but next week, we will be slipping under the covers to chat about sex during the perimenopausal transition. This is a topic that I think many women want to know more about, but are maybe a little embarrassed to ask about. So true. But as we're going to discuss, a healthy sex life is just as important in your 40s, 50s, and beyond as it was back in your 20s and 30s. And this is an area that gets complicated, Mm -hmm. to say the least, (laughs) during this time of life. So we want to get all the important info out there so that we can keep as many people as possible healthy and satisfied. Oh, Bethany. I know. Sexy there. Okay. I can't wait to get into that. (laughs) Long story short, ladies, the symptoms that come along with menopause are many. And their severity is different for everyone. 
everyone. But if we keep taking care of ourselves and our hearts as we move through this time in our lives, we might be able to make it to the other side with our health and sanity intact. Hashtag goals. <laughs> Remember to tell your friends about our podcast and share us on social media. Subscribe to the Queen of Hearts podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a review. Get into the conversation by dropping us a comment on YouTube. Thanks for listening, everyone. And as we always say, be the ruler of your own heart. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart-healthy tips, info, recipes, and more, visit our website at www.karenyantcenter.org, like us on Facebook at Karen Yant Center, and follow us on Pinterest. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our show and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, ladies, be ruler of your own heart.